Welcome to the original movie hits format and the movie ticket radio podcast. It's the hits you hear in movies on the radio. I'm career broadcaster J.R. Russ and Hall of Fame broadcaster John Records Landecker and an explanation of why this podcast streaming right now 24-7 at MovieTicketRadio.com or on TuneIn. You will hear the hits you hear in movies. Now, music has been in the movies even before there were talkies when they would have piano players in the theaters. Once sound was added to motion pictures, when there was music in the movies, they were generally musical movies with song and dance. Then around the 60s, more music was added to regular movies, comedies, dramas, etc. And there was generally a movie theme, a love theme that was a softer, sweeter one quite often, and a recurring theme like the James Bond theme that runs over and over again in action sequences. Well, by the 1980s, after rock and roll was around for about 20 years, things changed again, and more and more oldies begin to appear in movies. Songs are put in movies for four general reasons. One is to be discovered. A new song like My Heart Will Go On in Titanic. Songs are also put in to evoke an emotion. And songs are also used to designate a point in time or to change the pacing of the movie. So if you like movies and you like music, you're going to love Movie Ticket Radio. And this podcast is just another way to bring it to you and talk about the movies. That's right, we're going to talk about the music, but not play any of the music, and you can probably guess why. Well, that's very simple, because we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> the, uh, uh, and that's pretty much it, because anytime that you use uh, licensed yeah. copyright stuff, then you have to pay for it, but only if you play it. So if you don't play it, you don't have to pay for it. So we're talking about it instead of playing it, yep. because... We don't get paid anything. No. No. <laughs> and and that's the whole idea about podcasts. Yeah. So, and by the right. way, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> we're going to give you information on how to contact us, which right now it's movieticketradio at gmail.com. Please write us with your idea of how we can make money with this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask for like your playlist from the films. Or what you really oh, like no. in the movies. Oh, no. I, no, I want to make money first. How do we make money? That's the important thing. Actually, that should be the name of this podcast. How do we make money? Yeah, because, you know, we're out there trying to make a living. We have to have food and a roof Indeed. over our heads and things like that. Right. So we're bothering right. doing this. We really want to do this all the time. But in order to do this all the time, we have to make money at it. So that's right. try to help us out, won't you? <laughs> So it's showtime. We looked at doing just theatrical movies, but so much has been streaming. There are so many original movies out there with Hulu and Netflix and Prime, you name it, that we're actually starting to include those. And one of these was an HBO movie that actually came out in 2013, and it's called Clear History. And this is a movie that's near and dear to your heart, right? Somewhat. Uh, my daughter Amy has a role in Clear History. Well, you're wrong there. It's You've said it wrong. It's renowned actress Amy Landecker. Ah. Well, I'm sorry. Renowned actress Amy Landecker has a part in Clear History. 
Yeah. <laughs> she plays uh, Larry's wife right at the beginning. And uh, Larry basics, David. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, who you may know from Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the synopsis real quickly on the movie is uh, he works for an electric car company that's run by John Hamm. And he's a marketing guy and doesn't like the name that's chosen for the car, which is the Howard. And he ends up quitting the company right before it hits it big. And Amy is his wife at the beginning. And she's only briefly in it because she ends up leaving him very early in the movie, sadly. Well, he deserved it. Yeah. He deserved it. He deserved it. Get out of there, Amy. Leave that uh, Larry David where he is. Well, he's the perfect wanker. I'm wondering, Larry David is probably very much like the character he plays. Um, Larry David is exactly like the character he plays. Yeah. Um, I met Larry David, went out to dinner with him, and, uh, well, not just the two of us, but uh, with Amy, and we went to the movies, and trust me, he is pretty much Larry David 24-7. Is <laughs> he sitting there in the theater going, see that guy? Now, why is he talking back to the screen? Uh, no, he, he didn't do that, but I'll tell you this. We were leaving, and he had to tie his shoe. So he put his shoe uh, up on a bumper and tied it, and then... Months later, I'm watching Curb, and he's coming down the center aisle of an airplane, and he looks down, and his shoe's untied. And he puts his shoe up on an armrest and bends over and ties it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure that one led to the other. Yeah. That's just, you know, seriously. And I've talked to uh, people who've worked with him, I mean, he's a, he's a very nice guy. He's really funny, but he is Larry David yeah. all the time, pretty much. Yeah, quirky. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. And he continues this in the, in the movie Clear History because he ends up going into, um, I guess you would say, into hiding or trying to restart his life uh, after giving up all this fortune for this company because he, he gave back all the stock. Well, can you and, imagine? Yeah. I mean... Then he's known as the idiot that gave up the billion dollars. <laughs> and he had a long, really long hippie hair and has yep. since lost it. Yep. And so now he's a bald guy, as you know him. And he went to Martha's Vineyard and he found a new girlfriend. And the story is that uh, Chicago came and played some years ago in the 70s for a concert that they had there, the, the band Chicago. Yes. And his girlfriend went, did the band, so to speak. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Imagine that. So that's one of the underpinning stories of this and why there's so much music in it. And the movie opens up with uh, 25 or 6 to 4, and he's driving to work and uh, is not paying attention and goes over the line, and the police arrest him because they think he's drunk. <laughs> it's just, it starts out there, but uh, there's a lot of Chicago music in it and a lot of others, and we're going to cover those. And um, also, uh, the other story in it is John Hamm, the head of the company, moves to Martha's Vineyard. And he wants to get even with John Hamm. So there's that's it's worth seeing. It's a pretty funny movie. Yes. In this movie, uh, again, loaded with Chicago songs, it includes 25 or 6 to 4. And does anybody really know what time it is? Saturday in the Park, also, uh, all written by Robert Lamb of Chicago. And then If You Leave Me Now, written by Peter Cetera. And all of those songs are uh, heard in the movie Clear History. And then Color My World. Oh, yes, yes, I missed that one. Yes. Writ uh, written by James Panko. And um, 
when that song was out originally and I was on the radio in Chicago, it seemed for, I don't know, a period of time, maybe three years, that every high school senior prom or every high school oh, yeah. junior, junior prom, the theme was Color My World. Yep. Yep. And then there was a second portion of it that was a ballad for a girl in Buchanan. Buchanan. And that's Buchanan, yeah. Michigan, which is kind of near South Bend, Indiana, Niles, Michigan, over that way. So, Who's the girl in Buchanan? I don't know. I never heard. Uh, and if I guess if Jim James wrote it, uh, it must, must be about a girl mm. that he knew from there. Mm. Maybe we'll have to try and find her one day. And- I'd like to find the girl in Buchanan. Yes. <laughs> Buchanan, also, I might add, the yes. home of Electrovoice microphones, or the former home. I did not know that. Microphone on which you were speaking. Yes, exactly. And I toured it one time. No kid. When yeah. did they close? Uh, well, they just moved. They're in Grand Rapids, Michigan now, I think. But uh, when they were in uh, Buchanan, I, it was a little building, kind of like a movie theater size building. Yeah. And I went in there and they took me into the sound room. This is crazy. This is a total sidebar from this, what we're doing here. But That's okay. Um, it was a two-story room. They open the door and you walk in on the second story, but there's no floor. Wait a minute. How do you walk in on the second story with no floor? They have a catwalk. Oh, oh, that goes out into the middle. And in the middle was a table where it had microphones and speakers Ah. and things set up. There was a net. So in the event you were to fall, the net would catch you. And all four walls, the ceiling and the floor had triangular pieces of foam. So it was a totally dead room. There was no echo in the room. In fact, if a person was talking to you and they turned 180 degrees away, you couldn't hear them anymore because there was no echo. Wow. It was crazy. It was the coolest thing. Hopefully no one ever falls off the catwalk. No. In the Electro Voice sound room. You know, but maybe that's where the girl in Buchanan worked. Hey, who knows? <laughs> uh, so back to the movies. Um, one song that's heard in it is Happy Birthday to You, written by Mildred Hill and Patty Hill. I guess they're sisters. And you always had to pay for the performance. And that has expired now, hasn't I it? Would ho- I would hope so. Happy Birthday to You? Oh, that was trademarked. They couldn't play that on TV and radio shows, mostly TV shows. They had to pay a royalty for doing Happy Birthday. In fact, that's why a lot of the restaurants you go into where the staff comes out and does a happy birthday chant or something, they don't sing happy birthday to you because they would have to pay for a performance. Wow. I probably owe so much money from my kids' (laughs) birthday parties when they were little. Yeah. Because (laughs) we... Well, they got to find you first. Hopefully nobody knows, so don't tell anybody about this. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Okay, I won't. And they made tons of money off of that. I guess those, so. Those Hill Sisters. I would. Pr- I'm pretty sure that's in. What do they call it? Uh, it's free and clear. It's um, public uh, domain. Pu- public domain. Yeah. So that also heard in this movie was "What a Fool Believes," a Doobie Brothers song written by Kenny Loggins as yeah. Kenneth C. Loggins and Michael McDonald. Dickie Betts, who wrote Ramblin' Man, that was performed by the Allman Brothers, and his real name, I guess, is Forrest Richard Betts. Both of those songs are in there, right? What a Fool Believes and Ramblin' Man. Yep, and then uh, 
Rourke Dynamite's Cortland, which what? I don't even know what that is. Uh, I I think it's some um, fanfare or something. The song was written by Max Steiner and also heard in the movie Fountainhead in 1949. That's the interesting thing about movie ticket radio is you listen to it and you hear songs in it from a movie. Then that movie comes on TBS or Turner Classic Movies or it's on Netflix. You watch it, you hear the song. Then after that, another movie comes up and you hear a song in that. Oh, I wonder if that's in movie ticket radio. And it brings you back. So it becomes very cyclical. Well, the thing that's cool about it, too, is that you've done so much research on this that when, I mean, I can't grab a sob off the top of my head, but the whole idea is, here's a song. You may know this song from the radio, but did you know, not only was it in this movie, but also this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Yeah. Like, well, one example of that is Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but it's yeah. been in like a half a dozen other movies. Right, right. In fact, what was, oh, I'm going off on a tangent. That's I okay. just, um. This is, uh, tangents are us, pal. Oh, wait a minute. What was the movie, uh, like a kick in the head? Dean Martin. Uh, Dean Martin. Uh, in, ain't that a kick in the head? And it yeah, was, but what was, it was in, uh, Mission Impossible, the Ghost Protocol. There we in go. 2012. There we go. And it, it opens, there's a, a jail break. Say, yeah. Prison I for, break. I, I forgot about that. And I'm watching, I don't know. Two, three weeks ago, I decided, I'm going to watch I Mission Impossible. I haven't seen that in a while. And then I noticed it for like the first time. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas before, you know, I mean, I'm sure I heard it, but it didn't register to the extent that it did after I talked to you. And I wasn't waiting for it either. So it was like a light bulb went off. I hey, know. There it, it is. That's really yeah. what's fun about it is it just comes yeah. on and you're like, oh my God, I don't remember It's that. very cool. And that's why we say movie ticket radio, you'll never listen to movies the same way again. It's very cool. So finally in uh, the movie, we have uh, Shining Star, which was written by Philip Bailey, who also did Easy Lover, well, it was performed by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire did Easy Lover with Phil Collins in the 80s. Yes, he did. And he wrote the song with Larry Dunn, who listed himself as Lorenzo Dunn and Maurice White. And then Ready for Love, written by Mick Ralphs. No. <laughs> Don't know Mick Ralphs. Bad, bad company. Little. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for love. Oh, sorry. Didn't yeah. mean to sing. Well, that's okay. oh, yeah, 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 we might have to pay for that. Be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was under 30 seconds, so I think we're okay. Be careful of what you got. Thankful. William Devo- be thankful. Be thankful for what you want. William Devon, you, you may not drive a pink Cadillac, uh, diamond in the roof, sunroof, sun uh, diamond back, in the back, sunroof top. Sunroof top. Digging the scene, scene with, with a gangster lean. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And why don't you do right? Because uh, somebody's do right by me. Uh, Joe McCoy <laughs> wrote that. And Todd Rundgren wrote and sang I Saw the Light in that movie. Yes. So there you have it. Next time you see Clear History on HBO Plus now, you can listen for those songs. And be watching for our next podcast when we're going to feature the music from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. I'm career broadcaster J.R. Russ, along with Hall of Famer John Records Landecker. Thanks for listening. And if you discovered us on YouTube or elsewhere, like, subscribe, and please share. And let everybody know you like the Movie Ticket Radio podcast and MovieTicketRadio.com, the hits you hear in movies.